Hey, how's it going? My name is Dan Wynn and welcome to the Military Cash Flow. So today uh, we got a great guest, but first let's hit, hit on some admin stuff. If you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you go to whatever you're listening, however you're listening to, whether it be Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio, whatever. Uh, do us a favor, man. Leave us a leave us an honest review. We really appreciate those. If you got any suggestion for how we can make the channel better, please do so. If you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching my beautiful face on, you know, on YouTube, then uh, hit that like button, man. Leave a comment uh, and ask a question or something. So um, our guests are always answering questions or and and then also we are always answering questions back in these YouTube videos. So if you have any questions, please let us know. Um, and then obviously uh, come join the Facebook group, man. There's a lot of activity going on there, just answering questions. I'm just loving, loving, loving the networking that's going on in the group, man. So um, so Saturday morning, this interview was at six o'clock Saturday morning. You know, we're waking up, getting after it. Uh, Mike's not on today. He's got some other stuff he's he's working on right now, just, you know, crushing the game, such as life uh, as a real estate entrepreneur, uh, especially one that's just, just completely crushing the game is kind of what what happens. You know, he's up early and and already doing stuff, and I'm up early and we're doing interviews, right? So, uh, bringing you this content to bring this awesome, valuable information to you. And again, that's why we need you. We need your support. How you can how can you support us? Share the video, like, subscribe, leave a comment. You know, all those things. Really appreciate that stuff. So, um, I'm back on quarantine back on restriction of movement um my wife actually got covid man she tested positive for the covid dude so um obviously with that because i'm in direct contact uh with my wife and my family's in direct contact with the wife um we um have to quarantine ourselves in our house so we've been here uh all last week essentially and we got another seven days to go so be on quarantine for a little while sucks because I got to I had to miss my uh my sister's uh little um gender reveal you know so it's all good such as life you know it's part of life uh COVID is real you know so it kind of you know we're just trying to trying to do the responsible things we're taking our kids out of school and we're back to uh working teleworking and then on top of that trying to put our five and six year old through uh through virtual school which Man, any of the parents out there going through it, I feel you. Any of the teachers out there that are doing this, you guys are rock stars, and I really, <laughs> really uh, appreciate what you're doing. So, it's uh, it's definitely an experience. So, uh, so I say it's like a working two full time jobs basically. <laughs> so, um, it's good stuff. That's go. That's what's going on with us. Still looking for multifamily to to get out in Savannah. Um, but man, that search is just taking a long time, dude. We're trying to look, look for the right deal or look for something that actually suits us. But man, people are coming in just paying cash, dude. Like, you know, 10, 15% over asking sometimes is ridiculous. And I'm trying to come in here with the, the VA loan to do this house hack, but it's not, uh, my offers aren't looking very attractive, <laughs> especially when you got someone offering the same or more, um, uh, all cash. So, Hey, it's like that, man. So we're just being patient. And that's kind of uh, what's up with us right now, at least me and my family. So today's guest, we have uh, Trey Trehan. He's coming to us live from Japan. Uh, he's on a little training rotation over there right now. Um, he's a good guy. Yusma grad. 
Um, and he's going to be talking about his first deal, right? How he became an accidental uh, investor and then what he went through on that process. And I think there's a lot of, a lot of um, us out there that have maybe fell into that situation where we just kind of bought a home. And then eventually, you know, a year after buying the home, we, we kind of started thinking a little bit more about uh, the end game, like what's going to happen after IPCS with this with this asset, is it actually going to cash flow? Is it actually going to you know perform the way I want to? Am I going to be able to get the rents that I need to? Um, we talk about whether to sell or to rent after UPCS. We talk about uh, a lot of the tax advantages that come with owning uh, your home. We talk about just the frugal lifestyle and living below your means. This this episode is just just an all around great episode. Um, I think this you know. It's definitely uh, great nuggets in this episode for uh, anyone, regardless of where you are in your investing journey. So uh, Trey's a good dude, and uh, this is just a great episode, man. It's a great episode. So make sure uh, to share this episode if you know someone that that it could bring value to, right? We're all about sharing the knowledge. It's awesome that you are getting this information. It's awesome that you're that you're listening, you're absorbing, and hopefully you're taking action on this information. But if you want to take that a step further, make sure you're sharing that with other service members that can find the information value, man. You got to have that abundance mentality, right? And this is just part of that. So um, yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the episode. Hey, how's it going? This is Dan Wynn and Mike Glassby. And this is the Military Cashflow Podcast where we teach service members how to build wealth and create passive cash flow through real estate. We cover real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned from other successful investors. Now, whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening on the podcast, we need you to like, share, and subscribe. Now let's get started creating this military cash flow. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Military Cashflow. Today, we have Andrew Trahan, and we're going to be discussing his journey and how he got involved into real estate. All right, let's get into it. Hey, Andrew, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate that. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Let us know where you're at, where you're from, what you're doing, and all those all those cool things. Sure. First and uh, foremost, thanks uh, for having me on uh, to you. And then I know, you know, Mike is a uh, out there, you know, being busy and crushing it. So uh, thanks to thanks to him for uh, um, accepting my uh, invitation. Um, like you like you said, my name's Andrew Trahan, Army officer, originally from uh, Fort Bragg. I'm a military brat, Army brat. Moved around a lot. Um, I'm still still in. I'm currently stationed at Joint Base uh, Lewis McCord uh, in Washington State, but currently I'm a TDY overseas right now uh, in Japan. And something that truly pas- uh, that, that I'm passionate about is just um, you know, talking about, you know, budgeting, credit, tax loopholes, um, real estate, and how, how all that comes together to really talk about how one can accumulate um, generational wealth. Um, so that's kind of been my MO for the past few years on, hey, I have this army income, but how can I, you know, start up with the side hustles and things like that to kind of position myself to, you know, leave, leave, leave a legacy. Oh, that's that's awesome, man. Well, before we get into to some of that, because I'm really curious about how, you know, how you were even introduced to it. Maybe it was from your dad or actually let's talk about that. What is that? Um, did you get into that or were you introduced into uh, into, I guess, financial literacy uh, from from your upgrade upbringing? Like, you, you know, your dad was an army officer. I mean, is this is this kind of, uh, you know, just kind of you got this from your family or how did that happen? 
So uh, ironically enough, when I when I told my parents, you know, I was going to buy a house, they actually tried to talk me, uh, talk me out of it, specifically uh, my mom. And I never knew uh, why for the longest for the longest time. Uh, my mom um, worked at BB&T, uh, one of those, uh, you know, older banks uh, back in the day was a branch manager. And then, like I said, my dad uh, is an uh, army officer. So I was kind of like taken back. And then I really had to figure out the lens that they were, you know, they were looking through. They you know, had houses uh, prior to the 2008, you know, financial, you know, crisis, mortgage crisis, you know, and that, that, that bubble. And so I think that really affected, you know, the, the lens in which they provided advice with. Um, so I got into it, I just kind of stumbled onto it when I, PCS, when I moved to uh, Hawaii, that was my first duty station, and I was on the Zillow app, and I was just really taken aback by, why the app was telling me it was cheaper to buy than to rent like to me that didn't it didn't it didn't make any sense and i was like hold on so i could pay you know twenty eight hundred dollars um to rent or i you know my mortgage could be you know like twenty two hundred and i just didn't understand and then you know i started doing some research and i figured out well when you're renting you're not only paying you know to live in that 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 property but you're also paying someone else's mortgage you're putting money into someone else's pocket and then ever since then i was like look um you know i'm either going to live on post you know um so that i'm close to you know job and you know everything will roll roll up into one or i'm going to house hack and you know and buy a house you know off post you know the army gives us this great entitlement of you know uh, basic allowance for housing bah and um, that combined with the VA loan was, are just great tools that um, really helped me, uh, you know, catapult and just dive into the world of financial literacy. All right, let's take a quick break. I hope you're enjoying this awesome episode. If this episode has got you pumped up and you're looking for more ways to learn, network, and take action, make sure you go over to www.militarycashflow.com where we're doing our absolute best to provide our military community with tons of value. Here's just a few things you'll find when you go to militarycashflow.com. You'll find our books. You'll find the Military Cashflow Facebook group, where we have thousands of new and experienced military investors networking and asking and answering questions. You'll find our Military Cashflow Real Estate Investing course that teaches you everything you need to know to buy a cash flowing producing asset. We teach you how to find the deal, how to analyze, how to renovate, how to build your team and maintain that property. You'll find our one-on-one coaching programs. And when you're ready to start taking action and invest, or you're looking just to PCS, we'll even vet and find an investor and military-friendly realtor in your area at zero cost to you. So make sure you head over to www.militarycashflow.com to get access to all these great tools And lastly, and I would almost say most importantly, make sure you share this information with another military member that might find it valuable. All right. And with that said, let's get back into this episode. Yeah, that's really interesting to hear. You know, you said your parents were, um, or at least your mom was working at a bank. So she was kind of interested. But I understand the the 2008 uh, housing bubble that affected a lot of people. I was in college during Mm -hmm. that time. So um, I saw what it did to a lot of uh, people and obviously my family as well. So um, it's really interesting, though, as far as uh, being kind of talked out of it or, or you know, the parents not really being uh, on board with it. So what was what 
outside of, you know, hey, I can I can buy for cheaper than I can rent outside of that. Was that the only thing that like just kept you pushing forward or what? what initially, what? initially, yes. Yeah. So um, I and I've, like I said, I've uh, followed you all, you and Mike, you know, for a while, um, you know, on YouTube, uh, Instagram and things of that nature. So and we use this term, you know, a lot. I stumbled onto the world of real estate. So originally I was a accidental investor. I got very lucky. I didn't understand, you know, um, the tax benefits. I didn't know anything about appreciation. You know, I didn't, even, I didn't even know anything about equity, like anything like that. Um, I called USAA. I was like, hey, um, I'm seeing stuff about this VA loan. I banked with VA, you know, with USA since I was like 13. So, you know, I trusted their advice. They actually said like, Hey, we suggest you find a local lender because the rates are cheaper. And I'm like, um, okay. Um, you know, I didn't even know what that meant, but the lady on the line, she was like, we do have this rewards program that if you use one of our preferred agents in our network, we will give you a rebate proportional to the purchase price of your house. And I was like, well, okay, well, how much do I have to pay my agent? She was like, nothing. So I was looking at, you know, a house um, in the, you know, 300 to $350,000, um, you know, price range. And in Hawaii, it was just a two bedroom, two bath, nothing, nothing crazy. I was going to get about $1,800 um, back just for using one of their agents. And so I was like, okay, I'm starting to, you know, stumble on uh, onto something. Um, did some research, got in contact with an agent from uh, Caldwell Banker, and she showed us um, this program through DR Horton. It's a brand new um, housing development there in Kapolei, uh, Hawaii, that we qualified for to where they couldn't sell the house at market value because of the income cap. So at the time, I was a, a household of two. The market income uh was capped at a certain amount, we came under that. So they couldn't sell the house at market value. What I know now was, hey, that was instant equity. You know, they had to sell, you know, the house essentially, you know, it was a short sell for them because of the, you know, Hawaii state guidelines for to try and incentivize people to, you know, to buy homes because of, you know, uh, homelessness is such a problem there. So that was like, um, you know, step two where I was like, okay, equity, you know, what is this, you know, um, you know, what is this, all these things you're speaking of that all, um, I had a mentor, uh, who really helped me, um, there in Hawaii and he gave me the book, rich dad, poor dad, which I know a lot of people you have on the show, they say they got their, you know, they got their, um, you know, the first steps in there. Um, so I read that book and I was like, oh, okay. And that kind of like opened my, uh, my, my eyes. And I started, um, reading all the, all the books in the, um, in the, in the series, you know, from, you know, I think his name is Tom Wheelwright, the, his CPA and like other people, um, you know, lawyers, attorneys, you know, things of that nature. Um, and it just kind of like open, open my world to, you know, financial literacy. That is uh, a very awesome story. You know, yeah, so yeah. It, it's very it's, lucky. Uh, well, Let's backtrack a little bit. So you, the first thing you said was accidental, accidental landlord or accidental investor, right? So um, can you define what that is for those who don't who don't really uh, know what that is? Because I think there's sure. a lot of listeners that so kind of fall into that. I knew for the years that I was going to be in Hawaii that this was a smart financial move, uh, just because a, to rent in this house was going to be 
um, you know, around 2,400, but my mortgage, um, you know, at the time it was 1729, which in Hawaii for a brand new, I was the first person to live in that house, you know, two bedroom, two bath was, you know, a steal when BAH is around, you know, high 2000s into the threes. But that's all I did. I didn't look at, hey, what are the developments in the, you know, surrounding area? What are the schools, um, you know, going to be like, um, you know, what is the 1% rule? You know, can you rent this out for 1% of the, you know, the purchase price? You know, what are the, you know, surrounding, you know, comps, you know, CMA, comparative market analysis. I didn't do any of that. I just knew, hey, this is a brand new house at a cheaper value than what it, you know, can be sold for. Boom. And that kind of like uh, established a, a, a foothold. And so I called myself an accidental investor because I didn't have a necessarily an, an accident strategy and I didn't really analyze um, the deal. And so that's why I say I was really fortuitous in that. Um, I mean, the house, you know, skyrocketed. Um, you know, I was able to live in it for the mandatory two years, you know, which for, you know, military, you know, you live in it for two two years and those two years don't have to be consecutive that when you go to sell, um, you're not taxed on, you know, capital gains, you know, for single up to 250 and for married, you know, 500, a thousand. And so while I was in this house, I kind of matured in my, in my, um, you know, intellectual quest. Yeah. Of being able to be like, Oh, okay. And another book that really helped was, um, asset protection 101. Uh, I forget the the author and it and one thing that struck me was not everyone gets uh, rich off of real estate, but everyone who is rich is in real estate in some form or fashion because of the you know the tax haven, the the, um, the safe bet to grow your your you know your money and just a, a lot of you know a lot of, of a lot of other benefits. Yeah, man, the, the main benefits, you're, you're right, the, the main benefits of real estate, you know, uh, market appreciation, force appreciation, you got tax advantages, cash flow, you got debt pay down, you know, there's just so many advantages to real estate. That, that's awesome. So let's talk about this first deal, right? So you're, you're a single guy, you're in Hawaii, it's your first duty station, good old butter bar, right? So uh, yeah, first lieutenant, and I was actually, uh, okay. married. Right. yeah. So, so, so first Lieutenant, single guy out in Hawaii, um, yeah. you're, you got your tutu, got your first home. What were, I mean, now that you, you know a little bit more about it, what were some of the, some of the, I guess, difficulties, difficulties that you had with it? So I know you purchased initially with mm -hmm. just, just solely on the fact that it'd be cheaper than, than renting as you lived there, what were some of the things that you picked up? Right. And then what, what were some of the things you did to kind of take advantage of um of it even even outside like did you did you do a house hack did you get some roommates did you like uh what, what did you do with it and how did you analyze it after you had already bought it and you started to become a little bit more financially savvy sure so um you know actually i, I was uh married married at the time um okay. so that, so, that kind of helped with the, <laughs> no no raise um um at the uh with the upkeep so one of the things while being um uh living there I'm like, hey, I call myself the frugal trade. I don't have a lot of things. So it was a two bedroom, two bath. The, it was 797 square feet, you know, and you know, that was, that was it. It was a bottom. I know, some, I know some people are listening to this like, wait a minute, he's got like <laughs> yeah. 800 square feet, two, two for like around 300 something thousand. That's crazy. But you gotta remember, yeah. This is Hawaii now. Remember that. So, <laughs> yeah. and so, um, uh, 
I had, and I had a bottom, you know, condominium. So I had, uh, you know, someone uh, above me and I had someone, you know, to, you know, to the, to the left of me. Uh, but I had a bottom floor, you know, a bottom unit. And I knew that was going to come in, you know, come in handy because I came with a backyard, you know, with a fence. And so I put in grass, I put in a sprinkler system. And then at the time um, they were like, Hey, do you want AC? And I was like, um, don't, you know, houses come with, you know, AC, but not out in Hawaii, because what they do is they usually just get fans and open up the, um, you know, uh, open up the window. And so I was like, I wonder if this is like worth the investment. I was like, you know what, let me just put it in um, the living room and I'll put ceiling fans in the, in the two bedrooms. Something got messed up. They actually put the split AC in all three rooms. And I was like, well, like, I don't know, you know, like how we're going to work this out. They wound up giving me the other two for free. So now I got three split AC. It's the one, the wall units, you know, that's in the wall. You have the remote, you know, it opens up and everything. I didn't realize that that was going to be, you know, exponentially add, um, you know, value to my home. Then I switched out the, or I upgraded the appliances to, to stainless steel. Um, so the split AC, getting a security system, um, doing a little love on the, uh, the appliances and just upkeep in the backyard. Um, I was there for about two and a half years. And I left in uh, fall of 2018. And then I had a decision to make, um, do I rent or do I sell? And uh, I was reading one of the books, um, you know, in the uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. And I, I learned something called uh, depreciation and cost segregation in that you can actually um, trigger a, a paper loss. And I didn't understand what any of this meant. And so um, I contacted a CPA out in um, Hawaii. I brought the book and I was like, hey, all I need, all I know is this here says when I started to rent it out as an investment property, I need, I want to depreciate it on my taxes. And so, um, and I want to cost segregate, you know, the, you know, the, you know, for a house it's 27.5, but you know, for the, you know, the dishwasher, all that has a shelf life, you know, um, outlined by the, you know, the IRS. And so they depreciated it. And so they, that, like I said, that on paper, it was looking like I was making money or correction, losing money. But in reality, I'm getting passive income and I'm using that, that paper loss to offset my ar army income. And I, and it finally clicked. And I was like, this is how the rich use real estate as a tax haven, you know, as like, you know, as a little tax shelter. Um, and so I had the, the, the crossroads of, I definitely wasn't going to sell, but I was going to rent it out. And I, and I was like, well, maybe I should get a property manager. So I had a property manager come to the house. They opened the door and they were like, Hey, we need to talk to the owner. And I'm like, I, like, I am the owner. You know, I, I look young and they were like, wow, you made a great decision to buy this house and you're going to rent it out. Absolutely. And they said, Hey, we could rent it out for 2,700 because they're going to take 10% of the rent. And I was like, 10% of the rent to do what? Like everything's automated. I can find somebody to, you know, rent it out. And so what I did, I'm going to rent for um, 23.50 because I looked at the BAH and stuff and like who I wanted to kind of like live in there. And I knew I wanted to rent to people um, that are military because I know on the first and the 15th, you know, they're going to get a paycheck. And if something happens, you know, I can call somebody or Section 8. And the reason why Section 8 is, in a, is something to look into is because, you know, they're going to get a housing allowance and more than likely they're going to take care of your 
property because if they don't, you know, they're going to lose that, you know, that benefit. So I, um, down, I uh, subscribed to this property management service called Hemlane that allowed me to take pictures of my, of my, uh, of my property and then blast it out to all of the, you know, the real estate apps. And in, I would say three days, I had a, had a tenant um, rented out for 2350 and my mortgage was 1729. And I did the property management my, myself. I just had a, um, between that um, service and then I had a home warranty. So anything, anytime something broke, they would just, you know, text me, email me, and then I would go online to American Home Shield and uh, submit a trade, uh, you know, a trade uh, request and they would fix it. And I was like, I'm not going to pay 10% of the rent for something I could do myself. Rented it out for two years. Um, and I just sold in uh, 2020 um, and made a, about a $93,000 profit. Yeah. For an accidental yeah, not, not bad, right? Accidental investor. Yeah, that's that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a really great deal. So that story, what what you just told and what you just did, um, even by accident, encapsulates some of those some of those great um, great features about real estate, or great reasons to invest in real estate. And we we talked about on a number of topics right there. And I want to kind of go back and break and and kind of dive a little bit deeper into some of those. We talked about um, the, the decision to sell or buy. We talked about just taxes, asset protect, uh, protection. Talked about um, you know your pity versus what you're renting out for and why you chose to self manage. So let's kind of talk about those a little bit. But first, I want to I want to just kind of highlight the fact that hey, it, you know. Andrew jumped in this yeah, <laughs> with, yeah, exactly. without really knowing anything, you yep. know, and, and, you know, shot in the dark and still was able to hit just through, just through kind of time, right. Time helped you out. Of course, obviously the market helped you out a little bit, a bit, of course, but uh, also just realizing the fact that, Hey, um, this thing is, I, I can get a mortgage for 1700 when the rent is already 20, you know, 2,500, 2,600 around there. So it, it, it kind of almost was a no brainer to you, but as you lived in it, you know, you, you educated yourself a little bit more and uh, you started to really notice all these benefits. And then it seems like you kind of made a deliberate plan to, you know, to capitalize on this as you, you know, uh, as you continue to move forward. So going back, right, I know there's a lot of service members that kind of that they're they're dealing with the same issue. So they buy a home. Right. And they didn't really think they didn't do any due diligence or really didn't analyze the analyze the deal, see what it would rent for after they moved out. Um, and then they come to this decision when it's time to PCS. Hey, do I sell or do I rent? Right. Mm -hmm. So what helped you make that decision? Why did you choose to uh, rent it out for a little bit? And then obviously, I mean, you, you sold now. But uh, what was some of the, what were some of those uh, decision points? So the reason why I wanted to continue to uh, rent out the, the property is one for the, 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 passive, the passive income. And I knew that um, from when I bought in 2016 until I needed a PCS in 2018, um, they had done a lot of construction. They, there was a, a brand new mall, uh, Kamakana Ali'i was right down, the, was right down the, the road, walking distance. They were putting in a rail, a rail to go from uh, West Oahu all the way down to Honolulu. Um, right across the street was Foodland. Um, you know, Chili's was in walking distance. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to hold on to this um, until uh, just to see what the, the you know, the market does. Uh, it's Hawaii. It's an island. Um, you know, all the services are there. So you got, you know, Army, Navy, Marine, um, 
well, I guess not all the services and space forces, you know, finally broke into it, but like everyone is coming to Hawaii. They need a place to live. Um, housing is at a, at, you know, at a premium. My property was centrally located to, um, you know, Fort Shafter or Schofield and things of that nature. So I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it. Hope this continues to um, appreciate and uh, find a good time when to exit the market. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly glad I did for, you know, for obvious reasons. So it was all the external factors. And I mean, you saw the growth, the, the growth potential. And then also, obviously, just a cent- it being centrally located to all the, the uh, military bases and things like that. That, that, that. That's the main thing right there, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I saw, you know, other places being rented out for more than their, you know, more than their mortgage. You know, at this time, I'm reading books about passive income. You know, I'm more of a buy and hold, um, you know, person uh, myself just because of, you know, the tax benefits um, and not, you know, flipping, you know, so much. You know, I I like to do, you know, some flips, but when I'm talking my personal, you know, portfolio, I like to buy and, you know, I'm more of the buy and hold strategy. You know, I was just reading up on it. And, and I knew it was an asset. And so, I'll, and I, in, in Rich Dad Poor Dad says, hey, you want to use your assets. And if you need to buy a liability, you know, buy it, you know, in a, in a business um, um, or use the asset, that passive income from that asset to pay for the, you know, the, the liability. So I'll, that really all kind of factored in my decision to, to hold on to it for, uh, for an additional two years. That, that's a great benchmark. I'm glad you said that because that's that's kind of what I was uh, leading into kind of going back to the rich dad, poor dad. And, you know, his his term of an asset is not just something that you buy that will eventually increase in time. His, his big key point in an asset is something that would act, will actually make you money month to month, brings you passive income on a uh, month to month. Right. So as a decision point for anyone out there that's kind of going through that same thing, that they have their home and they're 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 hitting that decision point. Hey, it's time to uh, figure out whether I need to sell or I need to rent. Let that be kind of your guideline. Hey, does this obviously there's some other external factors that that might play into it. it's case by case situation. But um, the, the biggest factor that I use is, hey, is this going to be an asset that's going to bring me money month to month? It's going to um, or is this going to be somewhat of, of, of a liability? So there's people out there that are um, they, their mortgage is, let's say, let's use your example, uh, your, your numbers, for example, their mortgage is seventeen hundred. Right. But they're only able to rent for. 1750 or 1800 and that's okay they didn't do their due diligence didn't do any, anything like uh like that when they initially bought and that happens sometimes where we don't all get introduced to real estate at the same time so the mortgage is 1700 they're only able to rent it out for let's just say 1800 so most people are looking at that and they're like yes i got a hundred dollar it's hundred dollars a month in cash flow well you need that spread to be a little bit larger or you need some some large reserves because if you hire a property manager, they're going to take 10%. So that's $170 right there. Let, let's say you're in Hawaii and you're moving to Fort Benning, you know, Fort Benning or, or Fort Stewart, you might not want to manage that property, especially depend, depending on, you know, your level of uh, like w- what you have going around. If you have a big family, you might not want to be getting calls. You, you might not want to be doing... Exactly. You might not want to be doing certain stuff. So if you hire a property manager, that's ten, that's typically 10%. Um, that's 170 off there. So right now you're already in the negative. Oh, by the way, there's going to be some vacancy. When you do your turnover, there's likely going to be, you know, a couple of weeks worth of vacancy. And then you're also going to need to put some money into it to, to repaint or refix whatever needs to happen in order to get it rent ready again. Right. Then three, there's also going to be month to month. There's going to be little expenses 
uh, here and there, there might be, I don't know, they might clog the toilet or something. And then guess yeah. who has to pay for that? You're, you're likely going to have to pay for that. Whether it's, even if you have a nice, uh, a nice, um, home insurance, like you were talking about, um, I'm not sure what they were called, but I know every single time you call them, it's like what, 60, $75, something yeah, like American that. Home Shield, yeah. American home shield. Like there was a service fee for that. Exactly. So you got to factor that you got to you got to put these numbers, factor these numbers in um, before you make that decision, whether whether you want to sell or you want to rent. Right. So what I don't want to see happen is a lot of our service members is are renting at a deficit or they're dying. You know, they're they're bleeding slowly by a thousand cuts because every single month they're putting in one hundred and fifty sometimes, you know, even more than that, depending on on if they have vacancies or not, right? So um, don't want to see anyone out there become uh, uh, get caught in that situation. So make sure make sure you just really really analyze and and kind of do your due diligence on the back end, even after you've bought the deal. If you if you make that decision, you got you got to really do a little bit of research. So I'm glad you I'm really really glad you touched on that because I, I know there's so many people and I hear those stories all the time about. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a landlord, but you know, I pay out of pocket every single month and, and that, that just kind of sucks. Then on top of that, they're paying their rent or mortgage for the next place they're at as well. So, all right. So we hit on, we hit on whether to sell or whether to buy, um, let's are right, whether to sell or whether to uh, rent. Let's talk about some of the, now we're not tax attorneys or we're yeah. not by any means. <laughs> Um, but some of those tax advantages, I, I like how you talked about the cost segregation for your capital expenditures and your capital expenditures or anything with a, a longer a life like your roof or your, you mentioned dishwasher, your AC units, those things that typically long last longer than a year, you can kind of depreciate those. Can you kind of talk talk about uh, just just a, a little bit about what you know as far as, hey, this is how this is how the rich are, are protecting their yeah, money. No, absolutely. No, absolutely. I, I, uh, I, this is one of my, um, you know, favorite top topics. And like you said, you know, definitely not uh, CPAs. I, but I do know enough that a, a CPA, a good CPA is worth their weight in gold. Um, and, you know, I, I remember reading somewhere uh, people will pay attention, more attention to like, you know, the Kardashians than knowing, you know, the, the tax code or, you know, be able to uh you know name any of the supreme court justices and it's just you know funny like i feel like the ultra rich they pay attention to things that are gonna you know affect their money so um again i started reading asset uh protection uh, 101 and you know some of the rich dad uh poor dad series and the thing that really like caught my eye was hey if you have investment properties and you go visit you know the investment property to go check up on it that's a business trip. And I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. Oh, by the way, you can write that off as a, you know, as a, as a, as a tax write-off, you know, the, the flight, you know, the rental car, you know, and things of that nature. And I was like, hold on. So you mean to tell me if I keep this house in Hawaii and I come back to visit and check up on it, you know, which was something I was going to do anyway, I can write that off on my taxes. I was like, okay, that kind of like sparked my interest to like keep digging deeper. Then I, uh, I saw this graph, um, you know, it broke it, you know, broke it down how, you know, depreciation worked on, hey, um, you know, your house is worth this much, we can depreciate it over 27.5 years, you're renting it out for, um, you know, for this month, we're going to multiply it by your, you know, your tax bracket, this is how much money you made, and you're going to have a paper loss. And I was like, okay, so I'm looking like I'm losing money on paper. So what is that negative you know, where does that carry to? And the CPA told me, well, that goes to your other income. And I was like, 
so you mean that's going to help offset my army income? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty cool. Um, and then we also talked about um, how to physically own the asset. We started to uh, look into LLCs, um, you know, putting it in a trust, you know, things of that nature because it was an investment property. I did not uh, do that. I, you know, had renter's insurance, you know, I had homeowner's insurance and I had a home warranty. Um, the reason why I did not um, elect to move it into, um, you know, some type of, you know, asset uh, protection entity was, I was really worried um, at the time Wells Fargo was going to call the mortgage due um, because they, I, th I was afraid, I, you know, I didn't have, you know, $300,000 to, to just pay Wells Fargo, you know, if they were like, hey, technically you sold um, your house to, you know, this holding company um, and it's not in your, you know, you know, your name anymore, um, just because I was, I was just, just really worried. Um, so I didn't do that, but I still depreciated um, the house on my on my taxes. I still, when I went back and visited, I wrote that off as a as a business expense, um, and then I did the you know the uh, the cost segregation for um, any capexes that that I had while I was uh, renting it out. Yeah, that's that's super powerful, man. Uh, I think um, in regards to taxes, that's one of the little, like one of those kind of slept on things that we don't, we don't often talk about as far as uh, one of the advantages of real estate, mostly because we're not tax professionals. But um, if you want to find out more about all the tax advantages, uh, all the ways you can depreciate assets, all the ways that, you know, uh, you can bring your wife into it to, to make her a, uh, if she's, if she's not, um, if she's not, you know, does she have a full-time job, how to bring her into the business? And then you guys can capitalize on that as well. Um, we, I brought uh, my CPA on Nick, Nick Aola, and we talked about this for probably about an hour. It's uh, episode 24 of this military cash flow. So definitely check that out if you haven't done that already. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to touch too, too much on that. I, I love how you, how you at least broke that down. Hey, the stuff that I depreciate off this, you know, when I visit my properties and things like that, they um they are basically taken away from my taxable income right so uh, it reduces your tax liability therefore you end up in a you know you end up in a smaller tax bracket therefore you pay less in taxes right so uh, that that's pretty much the name of the game and that's that's just great um so let's talk about uh let's talk about so you owned it for two years right so you're a landlord for two years you self-manage that's that's yep. pretty major so you went from um from Hawaii to JBLM, I know it's not that far, but I mean, that's a pretty big. Uh, yeah, so actually I went from Hawaii to Fort Jackson because uh, during that time I switched from infantry to uh, Adjutant General. Um, and then I went to the, the career course and then from Fort Jackson went to uh, JBLM. So all during that time, I was, you know, the landlord. I was answering the calls when the AC broke or when um, the, you know, the toilet, you know, was messing what, up. What was and that so, experience like? I, I it just came with the it, you know it came with the you know uh, the the job so to speak um, it was super easy uh, I I set up American Home Shield that every time I put in a, a service request they would contact the tenant you know they would bill me I would keep a receipt for it you know I have like a little folder in my Gmail account for you know for taxes just drag it over and then another thing I did was um, and my tenants loved this because I wanted I never wanted to it to go um, you know vacant and i knew i was going to raise the rent you know um each time uh, and i forgot to mention i actually signed them to an 18-month lease 
Um, oh, you know, nice. I knew military, I knew military, they got to be on, they have a 36 month, you know, uh, D-Rose, you know, time on station. So I was like, look, I can rent this for X amount. If you sign for 18 months, I'll drop your, your, you know, your rent, um, you know, like a hundred bucks or something. And they were like, okay, awesome. And so I knew that they were going to, uh, I wanted them to, you know, resign an, another 18 month, uh, um, lease. And so what I did was, and this is, you know, something I, I really want people to pay attention to is every once in a while, I would offer them free cleanings. Like I would pay, like, Hey, I just want hey, you've been, you guys are great tenants. I, you know, really appreciate your business. I want to, you know, schedule a deep cleaning, um, where you, here's the cleaning lady coordinate with her. She's going to send me the bill. And so of course they love that. Like who doesn't, you know, want to come home to a clean house. You don't want to do it. You can pay someone else. But what I had the cleaning lady, because it was a cleaning lady I used, you know, when I lived there, I would have her report back to me. I'm like, hey, while you're cleaning, hey, just hey, take a quick, you know, pick, quick peek around, make sure everything is in order. Maybe snap some pictures. Let me know, you know, how things are, you know, uh, you know, what's what, you know, because I'm not there. And so I did that probably about three times over the, you know, probably about once a year. Um, and uh, again, those cleanings are tax deductible. So, um, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a wild time, but I did it right. I picked up a lot of TTPs from, uh, watching channels like these rich dad, poor dad, you know, Grant Cardone, um, you know, you know, people like Brandon Turner with bigger pockets. So, you know, all those resources are at our disposal to, um, you know, to really use and, and, and leverage on our path to, uh, accumulate and generational wealth. Yo. I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love that. And I have not heard of that. And I have never been thought about it. I'm, I've used, you know, property managed. I've, I've self-managed before. And one of the things I did, I had kind of a, um, one of the tenants I, I was closer with. So I knew her and she she kind of checked up on the other units for me, not yeah. going inside. But man, that's some smooth stuff right there. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get you a free cleaning. Because what I cost you? Maybe a hundred bucks, not even a hundred yeah. bucks to to, to, 100, 100, 150 bucks, clean the whole house. Like I said, I, 97 square feet and she would, you know, clean it. So I know my house is being taken well, care of, so, you know, from an appreciation standpoint. And then, um, you know, she's making sure like, you know, on the inside, you know, hey, take some pictures, you know, and she would tell me, hey, the house looks great. It's in brand new um, condition, you know, things like that. So, yeah. That is slick. I like that one. Hey, that, that, <laughs> that one right there. I mean, that, if you don't get anything else out of this <laughs> out of this episode yeah. and you're deciding to do uh to self-manage man that's one right there that one that one's slick i really really like that one okay yeah. um so so you're able to keep it for keep tenants in place for 18 months at a time did, did they actually renew because i know you said you i think you owned they, it they uh they they renewed and then it was time for me to uh yeah to, to to yeah they um they there were some changes in my personal life that I needed to, you know, yeah. I needed to with the market. And so again, by this time I have obtained my real estate license in Washington. So now I'm like, you know, two feet all in and I, and I know the game. I know everything is negotiable in real estate. So if you guys are listening to this, find you a realtor, um, that is willing to negotiate pretty much anything and everything. So I'm like, cool, I need to exit. I still have these tenants in there. What can I do? So I went back to the realtor that sold that, you know, that helped me buy the house. And by this time, industry standard is 6%, you know, 
commission, 6% for the listing, 7% for the selling broker. And I was like, look, I'm bringing business back to you. You're, I want you to sell my house at 5% commission. And she was like, cool, no problem. And I was like, hey, look, I have tenants in there, they're, and I, but I want to sell, but their lease doesn't it, you know, expire for a certain time. So in the MLS, you need to put that there's going to be a rent back. She was like, cool, no problem. Because I didn't want to deal with like having to you know, buy out their lease or like anything like that. Um, so that was, you know, um, number two, I was going to refinance the, the house from VA to conventional. And the reason why I was going to do that was to recoup my VA entitlement. And the only mistake that I made during this entire time was I wish I would have known that earlier because I would have did it while I was still living in it because the loan to values are different when it's your primary residence versus an investment property. And by the time that I realized that out, there wasn't enough equity in the um, in the property uh, to do a you know a seventy percent loan to value you know refinance. I was making extra you know payments, so like I said, my payment was seventeen twenty nine. I just rounded up to eighteen hundred. I kept that that, and that extra went to principal. And eventually, there was enough to uh, refinance in twenty twenty. So with the refinance. Uh, they were like, hey, look, everything looks good. We're going to have your house appraised. So it appraised for $450,000. But I wound up not refinancing. So I had to, I was out of pocket the appraisal. So what I did was I took that appraisal and sent it to the realtor. And I'm like, look, this is the appraisal we're going to use. This is where I want you to list at. And she was like, hey, but my compart my CMA is gonna, it comes in at like 418. I don't know if we can get 450. You know, I'm like, look, this was just appraised like a month ago, listed at this price. Um, you're getting 5%. Um, you know, well, she got 2.5 and the other person got, you know, 2.5, and there's gonna be a rent back. House was on the market a week. Full asking. I almost got into a bidding war, but you know, I was like, hey, let, let me not be, you know, uh, you know, greedy. Um, sold for 450. And um, I, since I had my real estate license, I actually got a referral um, from um, her, from uh, what is it, EXP Realty, because, um, you know, I refer, I did like a referral agreement. And then I also got, since she was still in that USA rewards program, I also got an additional check um, from USAA. So I got paid to sell my house which I also made, like I said, um, after profit and everything, uh, $93,000. Uh, and that was aside from the referral agreement and the USAA uh, rental um, rewards program. So it was, it was a good, yeah. That's excellent. That is absolutely excellent. I love what you did there. And in special side note, when you talked about the uh, getting a, a savvy realtor that not just only understands how to negotiate and things like that, but just understands what you're looking for, understands an investment, and then kind of talk investment, understand all that stuff, and also knows the VA loan stuff. Uh, quick plug for for us, if you want to do that, uh, check out militarycashflow.com. Absolutely. Uh, slash, like, Great. Find a realtor. We, we literally vet realtors for our service members. Um, we make sure they understand investments, understand the VA loan and can help you out and, and buy that buy that uh, great house. Now, we do get a referral fee for that, So, um, but it's free to you. It doesn't cost you absolutely anything at all, uh, and it's a great way, great way to protect yourself and make sure that you are getting a, uh, a great realtor that actually understands this stuff because all realtors aren't built the same, so I'm glad you kind of touched on that. Um, 
so so you had it for a little while you yep. you know you did you, you accidental landlord you did some great things right and, and you ended up making this kind of a home run deal i mean you you were cash flowing like almost 600 a month right about 600 a month the entire time you're doing your self-manage you had some awesome awesome tricks where you were you know hiring the uh, cleaning lady um <laughs> then you know you got some money back you did a self-referral uh made about 90 g's on the uh on the sell of the asset so what was your neck what'd you do after that what was the what was the next thing oh after that because during this time i um wasn't debt free and when i say debt free i fully acknowledge there's good debt and there's you know um bad debt so during this time when i left hawaii i made it my point to i kind of like made this mantra that i'm gonna be frugal and that's in my nickname you know it's trey so that's where it just kind of flowed the frugal tray um and so while i was at career course i um you know, hit up a buddy that was there. He let me live in, in like a guest bedroom. So like, I downsized, like sold all my stuff. I lived in a room. Um, I was fortunate enough to where his house was. I could just go out the back and walk over to the soldier support Institute. So now my car is not getting the wear and tear. Um, you know, people say, you know, cars are like liabilities or they're depreciating asset, but I figured out a way um, to, in my off time, since career course isn't that demanding, I started doing, you know, Uber and um, Lyft. So everyone's going out on the weekends, you know, downtown Columbia drinking, you know, doing whatever. And I'm like, look, Fort Jackson is a huge part of the Columbia, South Carolina, you know, economy. It brings in a lot of money. I have a military ID. I have access to posts. I can come, you know, in and off the installation. So then I was like, hey, if you guys want to drink, just request me on Uber, you know, or Lyft, you know, so I, I did uh, Uber Eats, I did DoorDash, Lyft, uh, Postmates, all those things. And I just, my side hustles, it, it, I became like obsessed of limiting my expenses and bringing in more income. Um, I knew, like I said, I was going to raise the rent on my house in Hawaii. I was living, you know, frugally. I slept on couches. I did side hustles. I really like humbled myself. Um, you know, I didn't really buy, you know, new clothes. I was like, hey, we're in a uniform for five days out of the, you know, out of the week. Um, meal prepped, kept my, like I said, kept my expenses um, low. And between from 2018 to 2020, um, without using the money from the sale of the house, I was able to single-handedly by myself pull out, um, pull myself out about forty to $50,000 worth of, of debt, whether that was secured loans, revolving credit card debt, um, you know, just of just bad habits that I didn't really um, understand. So um, what I did with the money was I paid off the, you know, the rest of the, you know, you know, credit cards, and then I invested. Um, so currently, like I said, I live in uh, Washington, I have my real estate license. Um, but right now I live in uh, a house that I sold to somebody and uh it was just him and i was like well you you should house hack and he was like yeah you're right and i was like yeah, make, <laughs> yeah i was like i'll make you a deal well it's a three bedroom it's a three bedroom you know three bedroom uh uh two and a half bath because you know those are king for single family home and i was like hey if i find you a roommate you should let me live in the other uh in the other room and he's like okay cool he's like but i don't think you can find someone to pay um, you know, what, what I wanted to pay. And 
he was like, well, I was like, well, what do you want him to pay? So this roommate pays $800, um, you know, and I pay um, a little bit less because my room's a little bit smaller and then he has the rest. So I'm a, a, a captain living in uh, a room with two roommates and I'm well, living well beneath my, uh, my BAH. And I just taking that money to start maxing out Roth IRAs, getting to the stock market, um, putting that money to work. So I haven't decided to buy in uh, JBLM because the market is just ultra competitive. And just, I mean, houses are on the market for a week and they go over for twenty-five dollars to $50,000 over asking. Um, I don't want to come in with an additional down payment. So I was like, look, I got it. I'm technically, you know, um, you know, helping him pay his mortgage, but for, you know, five to 600 bucks a month, um, I have a roof over my head. You know, I, you know, I have a room I've continued to live frugally to the point where, uh, this year, you know, my goal just off of investments, I'll be able to amass the six figure, you know, the six figure mark. And, uh, at that point, I think, you know, I'll be ready to take the plunge back into, uh, into real estate, which I'll be my own realtor. So I'll get a commission uh, off of that. Hey, that is absolutely beautiful. I loved everything you said right there, um, especially about, you know, just humbling yourself and living below your means. Right. So oftentimes, you know, we, we hit these ranks and we're like, I'm, I, I am such and such rank, you know, I'm a captain, I'm a major, I'm a freaking sergeant first class. I, I deserve this, you know, like this, like entitlement feel that they that, that we need to you know we should drive certain things or we should live certain places man it's not about that it's it's about you know building your financial fortress and your story sounds a lot like mine because i'm somewhat in that in that or me and my family are somewhat in that uh situation right now where we've been doing this for about for about a year and a half a year and a half or so where we've you know realized some of those habits even though we are such and such rank you know we're captains we're like all right well let's you know let's let's pump the brakes a little bit let's build this financial fortress the right way let's take a step back um obviously just like you said the market right now is crazy it's, it's absolutely crazy and that's not just in jblm that's that's ever here in here in uh hinesville savannah we're experiencing the same exact thing i think it's just really you know because interest rates are so low it's it's in a lot of places but i think it's extremely, extremely key to note, uh, the path to building wealth is all about living below your means, um, decreasing your expenses and maximizing your income. And you can do that by, you know, bringing those side hustles, you can do that by, you know, downgrading where you're where you're, uh, where you're uh-huh. living at understand changing your mindset, right. Um, so mm-hmm. and, and you just said it, man, you're able to pay off $40,000 worth of debt in a pretty short period of time, you're about to hit this, uh, the six figures in savings, whether it be an IRS T or IRS TSPs, maxing out these uh, investment vehicles, and then also putting other money in the stock market. I mean, that's, that's just, uh, that's just beautiful. Oftentimes, uh, we hear about all the real estate that people are buying, but you're not really, not really uh, considering all the sacrifices that people are making in, in order to do this, right? So yeah, I got a bunch of units, but I drive a 2011 Mitsubishi Outlander, dude, like, and that's a real story, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I love that. I, I, uh, I realized I, uh, I purchased, uh, and, and like I said, People, you can always find ways, you know, to make money, like Google, you know, the best side hustles. I, like I said, I did all those, you know, side hustles. Um, I even went well, as, as wild to like donate plasma, you know, like I'm in good health day. And, you know, I went there like, oh, never done drugs. You have all your, you know, your health is in order, all your shots and everything front of the line. And I don't donated 
plasma and I use that to buy my my groceries where I was at the career course. Um, you know, it's it's all about finding ways to bring in money to cover those uh, cover those expenses. But one thing I do want to hit on because uh, you you really uh, hit the nail on the head uh, with the car was I, I started feeling like, OK, I'm starting to gain some momentum. Like, I think I should treat myself you know, to kind of like, you know, give myself a pat on the back. So I went out um, and bought a, uh, bought a Tesla. I just love Tesla. I love the company. I own stock in it and everything. I love the car. Um, and then I turned it in and got like a, a, a newer model. But when I got the newer model, by that time, I had, like I said, I had my real estate license. I formulated an LLC and I had an EIN. And so when I rolled it over and I bought the, the newer model, I saved all the paperwork, contacted my CPA, and I was able to write off uh, the, you know, uh, I think it's a section 139 of the tax code where I could write off that business vehicle off of my taxes because I need it. When you're in real estate, you need to drive around, you need to go see the houses, you know, and things like that. So for all about business expense. Yeah. So for about eight months there, I had, you know, this brand new Tesla, I would pick up my clients in it. It was energy efficient, you know, and things of that nature. Um, but I was like, you know what, this is kind of a expensive car. I could afford it, but I'm getting to the point where I was busy at work, busy with real estate. You know what? So I got rid of it, you know, broke even. I'm about to, I, I knew I was about to do this traveling. So right now I've been traveling since, uh, you know, October, I went to Yakima Training Center, came back, I went to um, JRTC, came back, went on block leave, immediately came to Japan, I won't be back until March, and I have some other travel. I don't have a car right now. I I don't have a car, because I'm like, I come back for, you know, a week or so at a time. Um, and so I don't own a, a car right now. I got rid of the, the Tesla, even though I was able to um, write it off on, on my, on my taxes, but just by not having a car payment, I've been able to put that money in, uh, into Robinhood. Well, I just switched from Robinhood to E-Trade because of, you know, everything that's been going on right now, you know, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, um, but you know, I was able, now I do 9% of my base pay to TSP. I have a Roth IRA, you know, that I max out each year. And, um, um, the hardest part is getting started. And once you do, you can take that momentum and, um, really, you know, make some progress to the point where you are now moving up the envelope on where in your, when the next generation starts. So if you don't have, you know, any debt and you're able to eliminate a major expense for them, like by, I don't know, putting a house in trust and passing it down outside of probate to them or open up a 529 or adding them as an authorized user on a, on a credit card. If you're able to do these things and just give them that head start, you know, the um, you know, push the envelope a little bit further, they are going to be able to really climb up, you know, an extra rung on that, on that, uh, on that social ladder, because what we do, you know, as parents, it's really affecting your grandkids, because your, your, your kids are already there. So the lessons that you teach them, they're going to teach their kids. So it's really, you're, you're skipping a, a, a generation. So that's kind of like my motivation to really, you know, like you said, stay humble, because, you know, the, the effect is really exponential. 
Yeah, my God. Yeah, you're you're speaking. <laughs> uh, you're dropping big bombs right now. That's just amazing. I, I say that very, very often. I mean, just imagine how deadly, imagine how lethal we would be if someone had given us this information, if we were exposed to this information prior, or, you know, when you graduated college, you didn't have any debt, or, mm -hmm. you know, you were able to make money through college. And on top of that, you, you had you know, a home in your name or something like that. Kind of, kind of the things that you're talking about right now. And you had good credit coming out of college. I mean, just imagine how how much um, not just easier life would be because it's not really about just making life easier, but uh, imagine how much how much more value you'd be able to bring because you're not stressed on. Hey, I got to make this money. I got to make this money. I got to make this money. You know. So um, I think that's those are excellent points. Uh, absolutely love everything you said there. So, hey, uh, just to, to kind of start wrapping it up just a little bit, um, is there any um, any piece of advice, if you can give someone some, some advice right now, what would that uh, one piece of advice be? Especially for My, someone out there that's trying to uh, either get into their first home or trying to like build that financial fortress, uh, kind of how you're doing right now. So, so for specific, um... Uh, for those that are listening that are in the military, my my advice is to first and foremost, stay hungry and then know that you don't have to go this alone uh, in the military. I, I'm just going to speak to the army because, you know, that's what we're that's what we're in. Every day you go to work with people that, you know, are in the, you know, more or less in the same financial situation. So if you go to work and you're a SARM first class and there's other SARM first classes there, you know, more or less, you know, based off of, you know, not counting like years in service and things of that nature, you all make around the same amount. Same thing for, you know, captain. Yeah, sure. A, a captain may have more years in service, so there might be a little uh, a difference in there. But for, you know, all intents and purposes, you're all kind of bringing in this, the, the same amount of money from the army. So pick people's brains, ask, seek out information. Like I said, stay hungry. Bigger pockets is a great, you know, resources for uh, resource, excuse me, um, for free. YouTube, you can find so much information uh, on YouTube. Um, uh, Northwestern Mutual, First Command, all there's so many uh, Army uh, Community Service. All these places have resources for you to obtain information to make. A decision on your own. So many people are going to tell you, oh, you have to do this or you have to do that. You don't have to do anything because the information is just meant for you to arm yourself to make the best decision possible that fits for your financial situation. Um, you know, we, we, Daniel and I have had great success in real estate and, um, you know, buying and, you know, passive income. That might not be right for your financial situation at that time. However, there's information out there that can help you either get to that financial situation so that you can buy, or there's just other stuff. There's the world of finance is so big. So to, to, to wrap it up, brother, I would tell people to stay hungry, know that they don't have to go it alone, seek that mentorship, seek that information. Um, that people can get a, a get in contact with me at the frugal tray, T-R-A-Y on Instagram. I'm very responsive. Um, like I said, I, I, I love this. You know, I will literally sit down and, and talk people's ear off, um, you know, you know, for hours free of charge. I don't want anything in return. The value that I get out of it is just um, telling people stuff like that, that you alluded to earlier that they, you know, that they uh, that they should have known um, in school. They, you know, they teach us trigonometry or teach us another language, but, you know, they're not teaching us how to, you know, balance a checkbook, create a budget or, um, you know, about the world of finance. 
dude love it love it yeah uh this excellent advice excellent advice um so uh, you pretty much already let us know how we can get in contact with you trey how listeners can get in contact with you are there any other um outside of i think you said instagram right the yep. first, right all right um any uh, those by the way every all those things that he just mentioned will be down in the show notes as far as his ig and things like that so um any other way to get in contact with you outside of that or is that the main that's the main way that's the main thing that you can hit me up on my uh real estate email like i said i am a licensed real estate uh agent in the uh in washington state mainly service the jblm and surrounding areas and that's andrew trahan t-r-a-h-a-n at theory re.com like i said very very responsive uh just with the nature of my job i always have my phone on me so um you send me a note follow whatever i'll get back to you and if i don't know the answer uh, to what you're asking you know i feel pretty confident i can get you in contact with someone who does hey that's great hey thanks a lot trey uh thanks so much for coming on the show you just kind of just dropped a bunch of bombs uh there's <laughs> a lot of value in this episode and i really really appreciate that um yeah thanks so much i really appreciate you coming on thanks man for having me. thanks for having me appreciate it all right. And with that said, this is Dan Wynn signing off.